Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Today I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share a message titled, and you should write this down in your notes, it's titled, We will still. I know it doesn't sound proper because I'm leaving something blank. But but look at the person next to you and tell them, we will still. And when you say a statement like that, you're waiting waiting for that person to finish it. You will still what? And and, and really, there's a reason why I felt that I needed to leave it empty. I, I almost put something at the end of we will still. But then I said, that's not fair. That's not fair because maybe you're, we, what you're going to declare for yourself, I will still, and the word that you're going to use is different than the person sitting next to you. So who am I to tell you you will still on something when, when something specific, God is going to show you what that is today? I have no idea what I just said. Did I, did I, <laughs> did I say that right? But no, but we will still. And, and, and you're going to fill in that blank. What are you going to still do? What, what, what is this? And I hope this ministers to you. We will still, and, um, and, and I think probably before we get to the end of it, you're going to already recognize what God is calling, what God is saying to you. And I'm going to start off really just up front and really what, what the Lord is speaking to me and in the title of We Will Still. Because in my life, and I'm sure many of us here could testify of this, I, I have learned that I am responsible for the decisions I make. The decisions that I make, no one else is responsible for them but I. I'm responsible for those decisions. I can't make decisions and then look at my wife and say, this is all your fault. Or I can't make my decisions and look at my brother in the back and say, this is all your fault. No, no. The decisions I make in my life, I need to what? Be responsible for them. And I've learned that in my life. I'm 38 years old right now. I'm finally getting it. That, that in my life, I'm responsible for the decisions I make. Can you say that statement? Go ahead. Yeah. You're responsible for those decisions. And not only the decisions you make, but listen to this. I'm also responsible for the thoughts that I think or at least the ones that I continue to feed. I'm responsible for my decisions, and I'm responsible for the thoughts that I feed into, and so on and so forth. No one is responsible for causing me to walk in the path that I am walking, living the life that I am living. No one is responsible in my life in in befriending the friends that I am befriending. I chose those friends. I chose that group of people. So if I'm in a rut because I am, I am what I surround myself with, I can't blame anyone. Those are the friends that I'm befriending. No one said you need to be part of that group with those friends. So no one is responsible for the friends I'm befriending or working in the place where I am working and so on. And so, right? We could continue to go down the list. No one is responsible for those things. In your life, you have decisions to make, and I want to make sure that we get this in the introduction. Ready? You're responsible for those decisions and for those thoughts. How many of you could say, yes, I am? And, and that's the truth. That's, that's what we need to come to grips with that. Like, like I'm, I, I'm not a baby anymore. 
I'm not a baby anymore. And stop, and, and, and stop waiting for people to treat you as a baby. I have to recognize, wait a minute, I have decisions to make that I need to be responsible for. And I have thoughts that I got to stop feeding because I'm responsible for them. I need to become the man and I need to become the woman that I'm called to be in Christ Jesus my Lord. I'm responsible for these things. I'm responsible and our lives are patterned. If you have not recognized it yet in your life, my life, your life, our lives are patterned by the decisions we make. By the decisions we make. And you know this. What you're thinking right now, what you're thinking right now, everyone say thinking right now. Yeah. What you're thinking right now can actually be acted out tomorrow. Be careful what you're thinking now because it might become a reality tomorrow. Be careful what you feed right now because that what you feed right now might be the monster that's growling at you tomorrow. So what you're thinking right now can be acted out tomorrow, which then can alter the picture of your life for the future. Can you imagine that? God is putting the puzzle pieces and, and at the end is this grand mural. But every decision that you're making today or every thought that you're feeding in today has an effect in the grand mural of the puzzle piece that you're putting up for the Lord. We don't look at life like that sometimes, right? You're like, wow, you just stressed me out a whole lot more. Good. Walk around with those puzzle pieces recognizing I need to be responsible. I need to be responsible. Amen. It's a ripple effect. Church, it's a ripple effect. What you do today, everyone say this, is important. You don't believe it, huh? What you do today is important. It's important. What you do today is important. What you choose today is important. And what you think today is important. What you do and what you choose and what you think is important. It all has consequences whether it's positive or negative it's consequences nonetheless all of it has consequences um it's not fair look how this ended up i can't believe do you think that just happened there 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 it's a ripple effect it's consequences from what from past decisions down the line that got you to this place we can't just show up over there and say Whoa, what a surprise. No. Let's start with decision number one when you were, I don't know, 18 years old. And then 21 years old. And then 26 years old. And, and then we go down and we continue to look at some of these decisions. And there are the reason why we're at where we're at. It's a ripple effect. It has consequences, whether it's positive or negative. It's consequences. It's what we know as, as cause and effect, Right? It, it, that stuff is real. I, I just look at some of the popular uh, people in scripture. You know, Adam and Eve ate the fruit. There was an effect. Abraham trusted God with his son Isaac. So you see negative, positive. There was an effect. Rahab hid the Hebrew spies. There was an effect. Saul spared the king of the Amalekites some of their goods as well. There was an effect. Jesus surrendered to the Father's will, took on the cross. There was an effect. I mean, we can go person by person in the Bible and we'll see that what they did and the effect from what they did, decisions and the effect for years to come by the decisions they made. Because of Saul's decision making, guess what happened? None of his sons will ever become king again. God took away royalty from his life and gave it to another man. He couldn't just wake up one day or his grandchildren couldn't wake up and day. 
My God, my grandfather, you know, he screwed things up. How did, I, how did I get to where I'm at? Well, it's the decisions from past generations. How many times in our church have we learned this, that I need to make the right decisions. I need to be responsible today because my children's life are on the line. So I got to make the right decisions now. I got to say the right things now. I got to speak at the right time now. Because why? Because when my son or my daughter is 20, what will they say at 20 years old? Because father didn't do when they were 4 years old or 8 years old or 15 years old. So all those things are important. There's an effect. Are you with me? There's an effect. And most of the consequences are still being lived out today when you look at the Bible, person by person. Some of these consequences are still being lived out today. Because Abraham believed, because of Abraham believed, thousands of years ago, Abraham believed. Because when he started to think, today, Israel cannot be wiped out from the earth. There's an effect. That's powerful. There's an effect in this room, it's the same with us. We could, be, we could try to put some comedy into this, but it's the truth with us. As simple as your mother and your father. They saw something, whether they're together today or not together anymore, they saw something attractive in each other. And from as, in, in that situation, there was an effect. And because of that, guess what? You're here today. Mom, your mother and your father saw each other like, and there was an effect. You're here. And that decision, that thought, that act, its consequences, whether good or bad, you decide whether you're good or bad. You, you could answer that if, whether you're a good consequence or a bad consequence. But that decision, that thought, that act of your mother and father, you're still alive today. It's, it's still alive and it's in, uh, it's in us. We are the form. You and I you and I are the form of a decision that our parents made. Have you ever thought about that? You're growing older. You might not like the way you're aging. I don't know. Whatever you go through. And have you ever thought about this? I am a product of a decision that my parents made. Was that even a good decision? <laughs> Did they really consider the son they were going to have? Did they think about it for once? Did they, did they say, you know, all right. That decision, that thought, here we are, we're the form of it. And I could tell you that as a church, we're here after 12 years because God has been so good, because God continues to be so good. And I write this with all honesty, and God will remain being so good. That's why we're here for 12 years. But I will say this, it's not just that. We're still here today because we've also decided. Because God is good, amen. amen. God will continue to be good. Amen. But it also has to do with we've also decided. Yes, God is good and God will always remain good. But I'm still here today because I've decided and you've decided and we've decided. And we have, listen to this statement, we have believed in Christ for ourselves. It's not just believing in Christ. It's believing in Christ for yourself. So I'm still here today, meaning that you are responsible today to the things that the Lord has called you to be responsible for. 
Let's have some fun with this for a moment. So watch this. He gave you a mind to think. Guess what you do with that mind? You think right. He gave you legs to walk. You walk right. He gave you hands to touch. You touch right. He gave you words to speak. You speak right. You're responsible for the things that he's given you. And we can't just sit here with this thought. And I'm sorry if I'm going to get personal with some of you, but listen to this because this is truth. And we could talk about this for years. We can't just sit here with this thought that God is sovereign and what will happen will happen and not consider that he's put you here on earth with great responsibility. Yes, God is sovereign. Good. But you also need to be responsible. We can't just sit and bask in irresponsibility and claim theology and say God is sovereign. Because then the theology is going to speak right back to us and his theology towards us is like, and you're dumb. Because, because I, I'm sovereign, but you need to be responsible and walk in my sovereignty, but walk responsible in it. So, so we can't just say, oh my God, my life is falling apart. Everything stinks. I can't believe I'm living this. I can't believe this is going on. No, no, no. You're responsible for those actions. You're responsible for those thoughts. You're responsible for those words. It starts with every single thought that starts right now. It starts right now in the mind. It starts right now. And I can't just blame God. I need to consider that he's put me on earth with great responsibility that all that you and I do will have an effect in our lives. Listen, for the generations that follow. I am here today and you could probably, I would say absolutely 100% surely, would proclaim this. I'm here today because of the responsibility that generations before me took. And if it wasn't for the generations before me that paved the way in the gospel, that paved the way in the word of God and the things of God, would we, us, would you and I even be here? We're grateful for other spiritual fathers and mothers that paved the way for us, whether you know them or not yet. They're vital in our lives. Because we're here. We're here. If you were to look at your descendants and your spiritual descendants, you'd be amazed at the, the effect of where you came from. The impact that certain people had. It's not just for us, but it's for the generations that follow. Today's message is titled, We Will Still. And it's for a reason. I don't know if you caught it already. The reason why it's we will still, it's because you need to declare right now for yourself to fill in that blank. What will you still what? 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 You still what? Declare that for yourself. I will still, I will still what? I don't know. I will still trust. I will still fight. I will still believe. I will still love. I will still serve. I will still sing. I will still dance. I will still teach. I will still preach. I will still lead. I will still father. I will still mother. I will still husband. I will still wife. I will still friend. I will still, I will still be honest. I don't know. What does it look like to you? I know what it looks like for me. Very well. I know it very well. But, but what does it look like to you? We're celebrating 12 years. Amen. But will we be able to celebrate 24 years and 12 years later? We will if we still. If we still remain. And if we still do the things that God's calling us to do. It will set the path for you going forward. To make that declaration today. I will still choose this. I will still honor this. I will still 
following God's call. Whatever it is, whatever it is, that's why I couldn't put the blank there for you. You need to decide today, what is God calling you to say, I will still. Amen? Why? Because every decision, all that stuff, man, all that has an effect. All that stuff, it has consequences. So right now, you need to decide, what will you still? Because it's not just for you, but it's for the generations that follow. It's going to set a path for you going forward. A path of life, or maybe even a path of destruction. Amen? Are you guys with me? There was three Hebrews that we know very well in the Old Testament. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many of us heard of those three Hebrews? We know the story well. And we also know of their friend Daniel. He was also thrown in the lion's den. How many of you know that story? there's, There's so much about those stories. There's so many more stories. You have Joseph, and we can't just say Joseph in the pit, Joseph in jail, Joseph with Potiphar's wife. I mean, you'll go down the list with Joseph. But every, almost every single character in the Bible, person, I don't like to say character because then I make it feel like it's a movie and it's all fake. But you know what I mean by character. Every person in the Bible, every individual in the Bible has this moment in their lives where they're put through hard circumstances. It's almost very hard to find someone that's like, oh, my God, that person didn't have a hard circumstance. Like, that was... I mean, we could say, oh, you know, um, we could talk about some of the prophets, you know. We could say uh, Elijah, he had some hard moments. Or, or you could look at, uh, I don't know, who else can you look at? Maybe Enoch, someone will say. Well, look at Enoch. I don't know. The Bible doesn't get too much into his life. I know he was walking and then walked no more, walked with God into, into the presence of the Lord. But other than Enoch, it's hard to, desc- I can't see. I mean, People had circumstances, hard circumstances, not only that, but hard decisions that they had to make for their own spiritual lives. We know the story of the three Hebrews, right? Because the three Hebrews, King Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, check this out. I just built this beautiful image. When I built this image, when I played the music, guess what? Everyone needs to bow down and worship it. We know what the three Hebrews said, like, nah, it's not happening. We ain't doing it. We're not going to worship your false idol. We, we worship the one true God. I'm going to ask you this question for a moment. If the president of our country were to stand up right now, our government takes a whole different form and um, we, we lose our democratic government <clears throat> and we become a form of crazy uh, communist or socialist extreme, whatever, however you want to call it. And from now on, they build images in every province or in every city and they say uh, at these certain times, everyone needs to bow to this direction and worship their God. If not, you will be imprisoned. Like think about that for a moment. That's how real it can get. And anyone who is not caught bowing down to these images, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be thrown into the fire. Like I, I think about the three Hebrews and even like Daniel in the, de- in the lion's den. And these are three questions that I wrote out. Ready? What will you think in that moment when you're confronted by the king and by his laws and say, hey, when the music plays, um, make sure you worship my idol. If not, you're going to die, right? What will you think? You see what I'm saying? Thinking has such a powerful moment right there. Not only what will you think, but, but here it is. You have to start doing this. What will you decide? What will you decide first before you even act it out? Because the third question is then from there, what will you act out? It's a powerful passage, and I know you know it by heart. But in Daniel chapter 3, it says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, chapter 3, I'm going to read real quick, verse 16. Look what they say. They answered and they said to the king, oh, you know when anything starts with oh, it's either a song or (laughs) it's either a song or I'm going to tell you something you don't like. So I don't think they're going to sing a song here. Hey, if you guys don't bow down and worship my idol, um, I'm going to throw you into the fire. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, We have no need to answer you in this matter. 
If you're going to throw us in this fire, look at verse 17. If that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you notice there? They've made their what? Decision. They've made their mind up. They said, no, 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 no. You, to- you, spoke, to the three wrong- you spoke to the wrong three Hebrews today. We will still worship our God. We will still. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, not us. We will. We will still do what God's called us to do, not what you're asking us uh, to do. Look at verse 18. And if our God decides, because I'm not sure exactly what he's thinking right now. I know what I'm thinking. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm thinking I'm not going to do it. Actually, I'm knowing that I'm not going to do it. I'm not 100% sure what my God on his throne is thinking right now. But just in case, let it be known to you, if he doesn't rescue us from this, O king, we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So what are they trying to say? We have made up our minds so deeply into this that whether through life or death, we will remain faithful. Wow. Whether we survive or we don't, we will stay. We're going to go through it. We will. God put that in them. They didn't even know the answer from God yet. Like, they could have said, can you give me one minute? I need to go to my prayer chamber and see how the Lord wants me to answer this. You know, because some things, prayer is constant. That's why the Bible says to what? You pray what? You pray constantly. Why? Why? Because that whole thing, like, you know what, let me just pray about it. No, if you're praying constantly, you might have the answer, answer right away. Yeah, some things you have to pray for. Some things you have to pray for and all that. But, 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 but what did they do? They didn't have to pray for it. What did they do? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. When you play the music, I'm not going to bow down. I'm going to worship my God and my God only. And if my God does not want to rescue me, oh, king, I want you to know that it's good. We're ready to die for this cause. They made up their mind. It's insane to, to, that what the Lord had did in their heart. So what were the consequences? What was the consequence? They got thrown into the, the, the king wasn't bluffing like, oh, snap. I thought they were going to go through with it. <laughs> like, I, thought, I thought like they were going to be like, just kidding. We're going to worship now. So what do we do? They, he played the music and he's like, throw him in. <laughs> he had to throw him in because if not he knew they're going to throw me in. I'm not a man of my word. I have to do this. So the music plays like, all right, throw him in. It was, he he wanted to make sure they die. He cranks it up seven times harder, so much more that the guards that are throwing them in, they burn when they open up the furnace. I mean, it's an awesome story. It really is. They get the consequences. I want you all to know that. They get thrown into the fire. They get the consequences. Because just because you're making the right decisions, it doesn't always mean that it's the consequences that you thought were going to come. You might say, I know this is right. But man, I sure wish the outcome was different. There are consequences they were thrown. Let's read it. Let's just let the Bible preach it. Verse 26 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Okay? He, here's King Nebuchadnezzar, and he's like, oh, my God, they're alive in the fire. 
They didn't die. The report came back to them. There's three and there's another one dancing. And we've preached on that before. The fourth one that dances with us and we dance with the Lord in the fire. And we know all that preaching and all that stuff and all that teaching. So now Nebuchadnezzar is, I got to go see this for myself. And I got to call out to them. And he calls them out. And look how he calls them out now. Not the servants of his idol or of him, but servants of the Most High God come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed nor singed nor were their garments Thank you guys for helping your pastor knowing that I struggle. Man, I love you guys. You didn't make me look like a fool at all. You got my back. I got you, singed. I never heard of that word in my life. I was about to say singed. I was like, how does the hair sing from the head? That doesn't make any sense. I typed this wrong. Thank you. You guys are good. The Lord grabs the foolish things in this world, the Bible says. <laughs> all right, let's keep getting into the word. Yes. Where are we? Oh, yeah. Nor were their garments affected, nor the smell of fire was not on them. 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Did Nebuchadnezzar have a change of heart or what? Blessed be the God of Shad, Mesach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They frustrated the king's word. Whose word is he talking about? They frustrated my word and they yielded their bodies and they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. I know, yeah, yeah. I, know I wrote a law down. I know you all have to obey it, but I kind of made a mistake. Their God is the one true living God. From now on, worship their God, not me, not my gods. <laughs> this is crazy. Why? There's consequences. There's consequences. consequences 29 therefore i make a decree that any people or nation or any language which speaks anything amiss against the god of the three of the three hebrews they shall be cut in pieces man that's extreme but yeah and their houses shall be made an ash heap i have to read that slowly because there is no other God who can deliver like this. What a declaration from O King Nebuchadnezzar. O King Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. We will still, we will still, we will still, we will still. Will still, we will still, we will still, we will still what? Still what though? Still be faithful, King Nebuchadnezzar. Still love, still fight, still sing, still dance. You're not gonna take that away from me because you blow a song from your from your horn. You're not gonna take that away from me because you built an image. We will still worship our God. We will still be faithful. We're celebrating 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. And the only way that we can continue to celebrate more years to come, it's this. It's if we decide, if, it's, if we decide now how we're going to think, how we're going to live, 
and so forth, according to what we're saying here. How am I going to decide? That's going to determine whether I'll still be here serving the Lord. Because he's good. He was good. He is good. And he will remain being good. But the question is, will I still be good? Will I still be faithful? Will I still be serving? Will I still be offering? He will continue to be good in 12 years when we hit 24. But the question is, that's obvious. We know that in scripture. He's going to be there. He's going to be good. But where will you be? Where will I be? Where will we be? We need to declare today and make that a declaration for our own lives and say, will I still, will I still be with him? You need to decide that. You need to decide that today. Amen? Amen. It starts with the decisions of today that will have great effects leading into tomorrow. Twelve more years, that 24th year. Will I continue and will we continue? And like my wife said, will we continue to declare and still live that out? Because we've grown and we are growing from our immaturity. Any immature people? Don't think that this has anything to do with your age. You'll be amazed that there's a 20-year-old that's more mature than a 60-year-old. We've gone over that here. Because we're maturing. We're maturing in our thoughts and our decision-making. We're maturing in our God-centered lifestyles. Amen? Or the question is, will we be defeated? Will we be lost? Will we be in a dark place because we gave into the wrong thoughts, because we gave into the wrong decisions, because we gave into the wrong lifestyle? Will we or we will, see the play there, will we still be faithful in Christ? Amen? I wanted to get into Habakkuk, but I feel like the Lord has already placed the word in your heart. So me trying to get into Habakkuk right now is me forcing something that I think you're already getting in your heart. So as we close up, I'm going to close up with Psalm 18 instead of getting into Habakkuk today. If God allows me, I'll get into Habakkuk another time, next week, whenever. But in Psalm 18, Psalm 18, I end with this. It's a powerful passage. It's a powerful passage because it's one of David's psalms. And it's one of David's psalms written to the Lord. And he is describing the Lord's rescue in his life. He's describing the Lord's rescue in his life over specifically over his enemies and from the hand of King Saul. This was a very, uh, I guess the best way of saying it was, it's a very torturous time for King David. He had to make a lot of decisions. He had to think right. He had to put himself in a place where like, hey, Lord, I come before you. A lot of stuff around me doesn't look favorable to me. Ever been there? So um, I got to make the right decisions right now. I have to start thinking right. I got to feed the right thoughts here. Psalm 18 is something like that. I think you'll like it. I'm sure you've read it. I'm going to read starting from verse 32. If you get home, I, I encourage you to read the whole psalm of chapter 18. But because I know that the Lord is speaking and has spoken today, I'm going to start on verse 32 here for a moment. And look what <clears throat> um, King uh, David says here, or what he writes. He says, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer, and he sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war, and that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Verse 35, 
You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. He goes on and on in verse 39, he says this. For you have armed me with the strength for the battle. And you have subdued under me those who rose up against me. See King David's heart here for a moment? When he's writing this, it's not like, oh, everything's good. Like, I'm just in victory. Like, I got the life. That's not what he's doing here. When he's writing this, Saul's out to kill him. And he loves Saul. Because as a young man, he was brought into Saul's kingdom, into Saul's house to learn from Saul. He found favor with Saul. And the man that he looked at as a father was now turning his back on him because of jealousy and was out to destroy him. Imagine how that affected David's heart. Imagine how the enemies were rising up against him. Why? He's walking down the streets. Who does he trust? How does he not know that Saul does not have some hitmen, undercover people behind, uh, that looks just like regular folk and they could be someone that's out to kill me? I mean, what a stress. He was, he's looking like a, like a, a, a mafia, that man that, that became an informant. That's how he's living. Like, it's just it's nerve-wracking. They could kill me at any moment because of what I've done here. And in Psalm 18, he makes declarations. And he starts and he says, it is God. His mind is set. It's God who's going to arm me with strength. What is, what is David saying? I'm weak. And because of this circumstance that I'm in, I'm recognizing that it's God who arms me with strength. Him declaring that is also him declaring I'm weak, so I need him to be strengthened me. And he makes my way perfect because what is David recognizing? Shoot. My way is so imperfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places. Have you ever seen these deers, these mountain deers, how they climb up these mountains? I don't dare to climb a mountain the way those deers climb. I don't know how they don't fall, tumble, and die. But God made them with these hooves. Thank you. Man, you guys got my back. I love it. So good. Keep it up. I need that. And Yeah, you got to. I struggle. I got to read the dictionary some more or something like that. But, but these hooves, man, they just, and they just, they bounce and they don't fall. And I'm like, how do they not fall? If I do that, I'm falling. I, I just look at it and I'm falling. I'm, and I'm standing on it. Like, I have no idea. Because you, David's saying he makes my feet like the feet of deer. Worship team, you can start coming up. And he sets me on high places. I like that because... David understands this. He understands that um, when I'm in the valley, the mountaintop, the mountaintop is not, um, is not impossible for me. You see, deers get to the mountaintop because their hooves allows them to get there. And they climb the mountain quickly. And David says, I want to get to that mountaintop because, man, it's a struggle here in the valley. So what does he declare in Psalm 18? He says, so he makes my feet like those feet of deers. What does that mean? You, you, do you know what David could have said? He could have said this. God teleports me to the mountaintop. God snatches me and puts me on the mountaintop. But no, I'm responsible to climb to the mountaintop. But he gives my feet strength so I could go through the pain and the process of getting to that mountaintop. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. Not he takes my body 
and transports me to the mountaintop. I have a responsibility, David says. And he prepares me and he does the work in me so I could do it. He teaches my hands to make war. My arms can defend. You have given me the shield of your salvation. You've given me the ability of protection, of refuge. Your right hand has held me up. I like that David says your right hand has held me up. Because King Saul, who was somewhat like a right hand, pushed him down. And while he's being pushed down, he says, King Saul might have pushed me down. But King God, his right hand, he helps me up. The Lord has a gentleness about him. And your gentleness, Lord, has made me great. You've enlarged my path. My feet did not slip. You've armed me with strength for battle. You subdued under me those who rose up against me. I love that. There's a promise to the woman when she gives birth in the, in the garden. There's a promise and there's a prophecy that is spoken of Jesus. That all the enemies of Christ will be placed under his feet. And here's David, who is not Jesus at all. But yet holds on to a prophetic word. And says, you put all my enemies under my feet. He, and from his own seed, his seed would come the one that that prophecy would be fulfilled. When Jesus is walking and they're screaming, son of David. Son of David, the one whose enemies are under his feet. He's, he's already declaring for himself what God has spoken and showed him. And he's declaring for himself what's going to come in the generations to come. Not only is the enemies under my feet, but through the lineage of David comes Jesus. And the enemies are under his feet. Are under his feet. He had to make decisions. He had to make decisions. I know God is sovereign, God is good, and God could have done it with any man, and God could do it with any man. So I always used to tell this when I used to teach Bible in high school. I said, you can't ask questions like, but, if, what if. You're going to drive me and yourself crazy. If the Bible didn't give answers, stop asking those questions. But thank you for asking. But what if David would have made the wrong decisions? He made a lot of them. But he, came, he kept running to the Lord. But what if he would have just stopped and he said, I will not no more. I will not keep being the king of it. I will not serve. I will. Would the lineage, where Jesus would have come? I mean, we know the answer. Because we know the Bible. We know that God is going to do what he needs to do. But we can't take the fact away that David still needed to do what he needed to do. In his good and in his bad. In his mess ups and in his blessing. He needed to be responsible. Church, as we end today's service here and, and we go off and maybe eat some cake here before we leave and get ready for Christmas. Y'all ready for that? Some of you are like, I will still survive. Christmas but we got to make a decision for our own lives today and we need to say um, I'm going to start right now I, I, I might not be able to go back and change some of the things that happened back there but I'm, I'm, I'm still here today which is beautiful and if you're still here today with all that junk back there trust me please find hope in this you're not the only one with all that junk back there 
In this room, there's a lot of people with a lot of junk back there. But we have something beautiful right now. Right now, right now, you have a grace from God, the gentleness of God right now. That you could say, I know I can't go back to my past, but I can make my present start to heal my past and to cause my future to be a whole lot different. So right now, I'm going to commit this to the Lord. And I'm going to say, since we're celebrating 12 years and we're only here because we continue to declare this, I want to I wanna continue to be faithful. And, and I'm going to start making declarations in my own life. And I pray that right now where you're at, that you would just decide that for yourself. And say, I will still. I will still blank and I will still blank and I will and make those declarations right now. Don't wait. Right now, between you and God. Can you make that declaration? Right now, before God, can you grab your thoughts and say, sometimes, you know, the truth is, because I'm with you in this. Come on, I'm not trying to pretend I'm not, I'm more perfect or better or whatever than you. I'm telling you right now, I got thoughts too, and my thoughts really suck, man. But I have to decide in the midst of those sorry thoughts whether I'm going to continue to feed them or not. So you could decide today too. These thoughts are overwhelming me, but today I'm going to choose not to feed it anymore. I'm not going to live out like that anymore. I'm not going to act out like that anymore. I'm going I'm to be wise. I'm going to be mature. I will still fight. I will still battle. I will still love. I will still be faithful. I will still remain. I will still... Come on, fill in your blank right now before the presence of the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And as the worship team just sings over us, right there if that's you. And listen, I know that a message like this is like, man, this is 100% for, for every single one of us. But sometimes, though the message could be for every single one of us, maybe there's that one, two, five, ten, twenty, I don't know. There's that person that just says, can you just come alongside me and pray with me? Can you just pray with me and believe with me and hope and hope in Christ for me? If that's you today and you need to hope in Christ for yourself, I'm going to invite you to come up to the altar. If you want to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you want to stretch out your hands, stretch out your hands. But open up your hearts. You're here today because God hasn't given up on you. I hope you know that. But today, come on, make that declaration with your thoughts. Make that declaration with your life, with your heart. And today you're just saying it's special, man. I just can't go into all the details right now but I just need you to believe in Christ for myself can you come alongside me today and pray with me if that's you come up to the altar we want to pray with you we want to encourage you we want to speak into your life and give hope maybe in places where you feel hopeless let's sing a song let's have a good time in his presence the altar is open if you want to come up don't be shy and don't feel like oh, this message is for everyone trust me but if you just need that today uh, that touch, that hug, that prayer of believe with me for myself in Christ. We're going to get people around you to believe in Christ for yourself. Come on, let's come before the presence of the Lord.